Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. Grandpa told me, remember, every morning that you wake up, some son of a bitch is scheming to get your money. Don't let it. My name is Thomas, <laughs> and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Andrew. Andrew, you scheming to get my money? Mm-hmm. Money predator. <laughs> Damn right. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Manhattan, and That's I cool. have brandy-soaked cherries flavored with uh, cinnamon and like some cloves and stuff. My buddy just like made like a bunch. He gave me some the other day. Awesome. Very nice. Um, so Andrew's version of a Manhattan is like every part of it must be soaked in booze. <laughs> that's Even right. Even the traditionally booze-free garnish, I'll soak that in booze too. <laughs> it needs to be 80% booze. <laughs> <laughs> I love me a good Manhattan though, man. Um, that's like the only drink I make these days Like when it comes to mixed drinks. It's, Anna, it's all alcohol, hand, no playing around. Yep. Anna, on the other hand, made up a bunch of new drinks. So she's been making like a bunch of really weird stuff. Mm. You because, sound skeptical. Uh, yeah, some are pretty good. So you're going to be skeptical when you hear about this one. So she made one that is, uh, what is it? Ginger ale, orange juice, and fireball. I'm skeptical. I'm <laughs> <laughs> too because fireball just tastes like what are those like fireballs candy it's like it's a like candy whiskey yeah but it, it was actually not too bad i mean it's not a classy drink like a manhattan but it was enjoyable to drink i but can't yeah, like her, taste her... it hear about it think about it without thinking of pitbull <laughs> <laughs> well she and her friends uh went to an anime convention up in minneapolis and there was like a there was like a pretty cool show a couple of seasons ago that's like set in a bar and all the characters are like classy bartenders so they themed a room party around that show and made up a bunch of drinks and like one of their friends literally built a bar that they brought to the hotel and like set up in the hotel room oh, and they all awesome. like dressed all fancy. So she made up all these drinks and made this cool menu for it. But I just been sticking with my traditional Manhattan. That's right. Even oh, I don't live in Manhattan. Keeping the classic. Or if it was a Denver. I think that you should make a Denver. And it should, so, it should involve bourbon. It should involve brandy-soaked something. I'll leave okay. that up to you. <laughs> and I don't, does anything else need to be included? If it's going to be a Denver, it has to have Denver distilled whiskey in it. I thought you were going to say beard. Has to have beard in it. Just, just somebody's beard hair must be the, the cut guy in who's there. making just to lightly dip his the beard mixologist in it. just kind of like cuts a few shavings off in there. That's disgusting. Anyway, so this month we're going back to uh, well, we're not going back to the the schedule of Money May, but we're going back to calling this month Money May. Yes, because because <laughs> it is May and May is about money. It is. I'm curious, though, why did you choose May for the money-themed alliteration instead of March? Money March. Money March? Hmm. March I, to more money? I, I think that my, my cleverness is, is like, slow on the uptake. <laughs> <laughs> so March had already passed. I was like, damn it. That's true. And did we do a – was March our online business month or was that – February. I can't even remember at this point. You think I keep track of these things? <laughs> I said there was going to be a month that was online business month and then just it was like online business whenever until we feel like being done with it. Yeah. Time period. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how many episodes. This is online business month-ish quarter roughly time frame. Online business quarter. Yeah. Because you got to talk about quarterly earnings. 
You know, you got to synergize with your new strategy in emerging markets. Look, <laughs> I, I want to um, go back to the basics this month and not like, you know, this is how you like count quarters and dimes, but I want to like get to the core of like why we're here. And, and uh, I think when we, we talk about this all the time, like we kind of like lose perspective a little bit. And I also think that if you listen to us all the time, you perhaps get like desensitized and you're, you're like totally an observer and not an action taker. Um, we got this email that was ridiculous. I mean, uh, Laura said it gave her chills. Uh, I want to read it on air. I think it's like a great, um, introduction to what we're trying to do this month. Yeah. You want to read it? Yeah. So I'm going to read it. Uh, not going to give the guy's name. I'm just going to jump into it. So to give you a short background, I am a husband and father of four kids. I graduated, in co- I graduated college in 2014 with an exercise physiology degree, and since then I've been working in landscape construction because my degree couldn't pay the bills. I was in a really bad place as far as my outlook and hope for the future. I literally spent 40 hours a week digging in the dirt, and I make $17 an hour. Basically, my life sucked, and I started to think that this was going to be my lot in life. Enter LMM. I started listening to your podcast during work. I couldn't stop because it gave me hope and actually gave me ideas to change my life. I started to implement different ideas from your shows and started to affect change. For the first time ever, I really started to save effectively and was able to save up about $6,000, which isn't bad for someone on a $17 an hour job. The next milestone was to invest in myself, so I joined an online coding boot camp with all the money I had saved. I took two days off per week to promote my, to provide myself with enough time to succeed. This work reduction resulted in an effective 40% loss of my earnings. Needless to say, times have been tough on the money front, but we are surviving. I'm done with my boot camp on March 30th. I had my first technical interview with a company, and I have one more lineup next week. I cannot tell you how excited I am about life and how much hope I have for me and the future of my family. I'm getting a, quote, real job. I'm sorry. And getting a, quote, real job is not the end for me and my goals, but is simply the beginning of a journey of self-improvement. I love you guys in the non-weirdest way possible, and I'm thankful for the effort that you have put forth producing the best podcast out there. And I just want to say, like, it feels great, and getting emails like these, like, really is what keeps me going. But Mm -hmm. I I didn't want to read this to be Mm -hmm. like, we're so great. I think that if there is a guy out there who got a degree that he can't use and is literally digging ditches for $17 an hour and has been able to like turn his life around, become a developer, uh, put like everything on the line, like you can definitely get out of debt. You could definitely start investing, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah, like people have done harder things. And that that is a fucking awesome email. Yeah. When I'm, you texted it to me, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good for you, dude. Uh, it was amazing. And I mean, it takes it takes guts to like take a 40% loss in earnings to invest in yourself, but like that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know. 
it reminded me of the episode we did with Doug McCormick hmm. where he's just like your labor is like your biggest asset. So you have to invest in your ability to create better labor. Yeah. You know, or create better things. You know, and this, with your labor. This guy uh went out, did this boot camp and really just like put it all on the line, which I think like there there are just times in life you know, you could like draw the parallel to almost anything. You just have to put yourself out there. Like you have mm-hmm. to allow yourself the chance to fail in order to succeed. Yeah. So I think what, and I'm guessing this is what your thought was with this episode. What I like to do is kind of go through a systematic step-by-step process for how you can start actually taking action on the things that maybe you know you need to do, but you haven't been doing recently. Because I know, like, I, I host a finance podcast, so I don't listen to very many finance podcasts anymore. <laughs> but I will occasionally listen to, like, business podcasts. Like, I'll listen to The Fizzle Show every once in a while. I'll go back and listen to, like, Pat Flynn's stuff every once in a while. Or I'll listen to, like, Gary Vee. And you'll hear about, like, different tactics for different things, just like we talk about on this show. Here's how you can invest in a rental property. Here's how you can monetize your idea. Here's how you can uh, budget different, all these different budgeting models. You become the master of tactics. You soak it all up and it becomes your habit to listen to it every single week. I mean, I'm speaking from personal experience. Maybe there's somebody out there who crushes it every week. But I'll soak it up every week, come back. It's my habit to listen to it. And I feel good knowing these things. But... Of course, I'm ingrained in my habits. I'm doing my stuff, and I never get around to these things that I feel like, yes, I should be doing these. You know, and what good is the master investor who never invests or the guy who knows how to budget like a beast but has never done it? I mean – Now, I'll tell you, um, I'm fucking fired up right now, and like – this isn't one of those times in my life where I'm actually just coasting and resting on my laurels and letting everything slip by. Like I'm crushing it right now because I just moved. You and put yourself in a position that you have to make like shit yeah. become awesome. Well, yeah. Plus I think when you move like that is a, that's a big way to shake up your life. Yeah. And when you radically change your life, you kind of shake your brain out of the habits and routines that it was in. And it just kind of puts you in a position where you take change and improvement a lot more seriously at least i have been so my brain is in this mode right now fucking do shit like i know i've been telling myself for the past like few months you need to do this this and this but then i didn't do it it's like removing yourself out of the comfort zone like when when you're there and you have all your friends and you know everybody and it's just easy and it's it's you know cheap and you're like making more than you need whatever but you've put yourself in a spot where you don't know everybody um, yeah. and it's not all easy and you have to figure it out. And I think, uh, that's a great parallel to what this guy is doing is like, he just, he was a li- like literal dig ditcher and now dig he's, dig- I mean, dig ditcher, <laughs> <laughs> ditch digger. <laughs> yeah. I said dig ditcher twice with super confidence that that was actually what it was. I'm a dig ditcher. <laughs> but look like he, he threw his life, um, like a, like he threw a monkey wrench into it. Now he's like uncomfortable. He's yeah. learning. He's making even less money. And like he put himself in a position where the only option is to succeed. And yeah. I think like of all of this online business reading that I also do as well, uh, 
the the one thing that always surfaces is people kind of say uh, put yourself in a position where you have to succeed because yeah then you're gonna pull out all the stops absolutely i think about this a lot and so like part of me was afraid to move to denver because anna doesn't have a job yet so my effective rent increased by four times like what i'm paying in rent literally quadrupled overnight Mm. and once anna gets a job she can contribute to that but until then like it's up to me to make that happen and i was scared about it but there's a concept that i read about a while ago and i mean i've had this in my mind but this book I'm reading called The 33 Strategies of War by Robert Greene gives it a name. He calls it the death ground strategy. Mm. And this has been talked about by like generals and war philosophers for millennia where you can take any fighting force and if you back them up against a wall, you put them in a corner and you let them know like if you don't get out of this, you will die. Like they will fight a force twice their size and win. And you'll do the same thing. Like when you know that there's really no other way out, you have to rise to the, to the occasion then it's just crazy the things you can do. And that's that's what I think this has done for me. And um, I'm working on another project right now that I can't really talk about, but like it's a project where I'm really beholden to somebody else on it. And if I fail, like it's a huge fuck up. So it's so, going to have to happen. So and what like, would you say people can like, do to like make themselves uncomfortable? Yeah, so that's what I want to talk about because what I love about this guy is he didn't wait for a giant catalyst like moving to a new city or something. He at least he didn't he didn't say in the email. Mm. So judging from the email we got, he was just like, I'm tired of digging ditches. And I'm listening to this podcast and I'm getting like the knowledge and tools I need to make a change in my life. I'm just gonna go do it. And then I love how he invested in this coding boot camp. You know, maybe some people would say that taking a forty percent loss in your earnings and you're only making seventeen bucks an hour is a dumb decision, but he made it happen, dude. Yeah. That is putting your balls on the line and and making it happen. And I think you just have to like stop. And if you don't have some sort of concrete catalyst or big change in your life coming up, like a move or a kid or a new job, then you have to really summon that motivation yourself. You know, I I think like stopping and like actually doing a review of what's going on. What do you want from life? What are your habits like? Is what you're doing right now going to get you to where you want to be? Dude, like, if you if you get like, or at least the tone I got from this email was the guy was going, he was digging ditches, he figured this is what it, like his like lot in life was, and it was kind of just like done, and then his mindset changed, and mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to just get negative about something, and it, it could be completely unrelated to whatever, and uh, it's like a disease that slowly invades and takes over other areas and it's happened to me many times Mm. and I think that if you can muster like the ability to just to just believe that a good thing could happen right like if how many people hundreds of thousands of people before you not nearly as well equipped or educated or or capable did it um you could probably do it too and just like, I, I think a lot of it is mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's it's totally your mindset. All action stems from your attitude. So yeah. that's why I think that like the first thing you have to do is is really like just stop coasting through whatever you're doing. Like stop taking your habits for granted. 
break out of them a little bit so you can really analyze what you want so and was, if what you're doing is getting you there it was near uh christmas time and i was like get just getting into i was like warming up to the concept of like meditating and mm-hmm. i'm like super skeptical i'm like i don't know isn't that just like sleeping sitting up in a chair like why does this <laughs> matter it, it seemed it seemed like ridiculous i'm like tim ferris does it he's like kind of wacky i don't know whatever so i started doing headspace on it like totally mm-hmm. uh like revitalized me when when i needed it and it gave me uh some level-headedness when i was not that um but while i was doing it i guess for christmas they had this uh thing it's like hey if you sign up for headspace for a year like you get our special headspace chocolate something and like you i literally went to like the address was like headspace.com slash chocolate and it's like this okay. thing with like a video and like you sign up and it's like the year, normally your price, but you also get this chocolate. And so, great. I did. I love chocolate. <laughs> and so, like, a week later. Yeah, I know I can bribe Andrew with candy now. That's right. Day. Speaking of which, I'm literally on my fourth roll of Smarties. <laughs> so, uh, I'm wired. But um, I get this box in the mail. You know, and it has all these, like, fancy, like, st- I mean, fancy. It's just like, you know, whatever. Uh pieces of paper shredded up in there, different colors. And it's like this candy bar. And it says you can't eat the candy bar until you go to this web address and watch this video. So I went and I watched the video and it was a video on how to eat the chocolate mindfully. And it was about taking a bite and just like letting it sit in your mouth and like roll it around and like, taste it and appreciate it and what is the texture like and it's it's just kind of where like normally you'd get a candy bar you'd rip it off like the the wrapping off like <laughs> shove it in your mouth and also be talking to your coworkers like while you're consuming it. <laughs> it it's really about just like slowing down having like one section at a time and appreciating it and i think that uh, a big part of just kind of like succeeding with your finances and career in general is is slowing down, like taking inventory of like what you have, what you want, uh, and just being like mindful about it. Because sometimes mm. like you're actually doing great things and you just need to give yourself credit. Yeah. Actually, what you said about mindfulness and appreciating the chocolate, like that kind of gave me the idea, like instead of just pausing and asking yourself like what do you need to do like i think it might be useful to sit down and think about like what you have to be grateful for because when it comes to money it seems like a lot of what we do is bitch about it yeah like we bitch about student debt we have we have this car loan or like we didn't make enough this month um i think a lot of times like we're not very conscious about the good things that happen with money or maybe the comparative situation to where you used to be or to where somebody else who's in a worse situation who than you you know is in like if you take stock and and just be, be a little grateful about where you are even if it isn't like objectively great there's probably something that you can appreciate which can give you a more positive outlook mm-hmm. on moving forward so i suppose like yeah be mindful Ask yourself what you have to be grateful about in your situation to frame your mindset correctly and then go from there and ask yourself, what can I start doing? What do I want that's different than what I have now? And look, maybe not like 
get myself out of this crappy situation, but how do I change it? How do I make it different and better? And it doesn't even have to be that big. Like I need to get myself this crappy situation. Oh my God. Like I have to come up with this ridiculous idea. Like it really doesn't work like that. It's small, meaningful changes over time. And then all of a sudden you've paved this path. And I think that we're very similar in our approach to things where it's like, how do you get Andrew motivated? Make a list of things to do. And then he'll just like, I just follow the list. So I get really motivated. and <laughs> make a list, you know, I don't know, like maybe for you, like, uh, I, I know not you, Thomas, cause I think you're a list guy as well, but maybe, maybe someone it's like making a vision board or I don't know, like, uh, just kind of like waking up every morning and just imagining what you want and then going yeah. out there, I think that you have to uh, allow yourself to, to dream. So I think we've said, like, know what you want a few times in this podcast already. Mm. Um, and I want to I want to go somewhere a little bit different. I am a list guy. Yeah. I mean, I literally have a list sitting on my other monitor right there of shit I'm supposed to do today. But one of the things that really demotivates me is feeling like I have a bunch of crap like spread out and that and like not knowing what it all is mm. like have you ever had like a bunch of things you need to do but you actually don't know what some of them are because there's so many and you just feel like you feel totally stressed out you feel overwhelmed you feel like you have just all this stuff that you can't really keep track of you feel totally disorganized and as a result you do nothing like that is how I feel which is why before we started recording like I told you, the fact that Anna has her sewing stuff back on the table there, yeah. not affecting my me it. Like I can't even see it. I I'm, I'm see looking it. the opposite direction. <laughs> you can see it. I guess if I look at my little Skype thing of myself there, I can kind of see it. But like, it isn't affecting me at all. Mm. But the fact that I know there's like stuff in my office that I didn't put there that's not organized, <laughs> like it's stressing me out a little bit. So that's the kind of person I am. And in a financial perspective. I like to know what's going on in my financial life, every aspect of it. Mm. So uh, I've talked about this a little bit before in the podcast, but a few months ago I sat down and I created this giant spreadsheet that it doesn't track the actual dollar amounts of everything. It's not like I'm sitting down and literally budgeting or literally recording down transactions, which can be helpful, but it does list out like, here's what I pay every single month for like the recurring expenses of my business. Here's the average amounts that come in as an income. And then over here in a personal column, here's exactly how much I pay towards groceries, coffee. I actually went through my credit card statements and like figured out an average coffee bill per month, average grocery bill per month. Mm. How much do I pay for rent? Um, how much do I get as a salary? How much do I get as dividends for my company? And like, I, I got real nerdy with it. Like I built in tax modeling so I could basically know how much I'll pay in taxes really for the year. Cool, did, like, yeah. yeah, it's really nice for me because as a business owner, like when you're an employee, it's different because they withhold your taxes. You don't really have to think about it. You just kind of know like, Oh, at the end of the year, I'm going to get in a refund or I guess in April or whatever. Um, but when you're a business owner, that is a big source of stress because you don't, you don't always know like how much am I supposed to send in taxes? Am I supposed to do quarterlies? Am I right, supposed right. to send it monthly? All that kind of stuff. So just like sitting down, constructing this spreadsheet that gave me a bird's eye view 
of everything in my financial life. I know what my loans are. I know what my taxes are going to be roughly. I know what tax bracket well, I'm going to be in. Thomas, like, you, you know once that, I created that famous I was like, oh, quote, bam. Uh, how, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. That's right. Like that's you have that's this... uh, one of the most memorable parts of the Matt Givenisi years of this show. That's right. That that was like one of the major. <laughs> he, he, he said that, and I was like, oh, my God. And it's so true because you want to do all of these things and I think when you like lump them all together, like I make $17 an hour, I want to make $50 an hour. So I just mm-hmm. have to do that. Well, it's actually like a thousand tasks, which yeah. is crazy. But if you just do one a day, like you'll get there like pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, you could build like a big Trello project of, of like getting your financial shit together, which is that's what you should call it. <laughs> so you should call the board <laughs> the board actually, of getting your shit together yeah well i used a uh, trello board for the move mm. so i had a list for like iowa related things like cancel my utilities set up mail forwarding at the post office and then there was like a denver related one with get health insurance get a po box uh you know go get my car registered like just having it all laid out in front of me and kind of knowing that there is a system that i can access easily that keeps all this stuff so I don't have to worry that my brain's going to forget it. I'm or so glad you brought this in the up. Air. Like if I were getting my financial shit together, number one, mm. take a little bit of time to be mindful and, and have some gratitude about where I am. Number two, ask myself, what do I want? Where am I? What does that gap look like? And what are my current habits? And uh, what are they doing to get me to where I want to be? So then I could start answering the questions of what do I need to change? And from there, I'd get granular. And I, I think in terms of Trello and lists and spreadsheets, so I would probably go make myself a spreadsheet like I have that just kind of lays out my financial picture. I feel like and we you should even use like that a, word. It's a scary word. What, spreadsheet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get a scrap of paper out and just like write down like how much is in your bank account? How many loans do you have and what's the balance in each one? What are you paying each month on that? What's the interest rate in your credit cards? Like those just pertinent pieces of oh, information dude. you didn't know. I, I, you have, know? I have the best uh, thing. So there's this guy, James Altrisher, who uh, mm-hmm. I've just been a big fan of and I just kind of like his approach to stuff. And um, he, the whole thing is like, uh, how do you come up with ideas? And like, how did you build like a business? And, you know, how do you make all these things happen? And he, what he does is he carries around waiter pads with him at all times. Oh, yeah. And you could buy them like in mass for like super cheap on like Amazon, mm-hmm. whatever. And what he does is he just writes down ideas. And so like he'll make sure that every day he takes five minutes and writes down ideas. You know, it'll take five minutes and write down like things that he wants to get done, whatever. And uh, it almost like forces you like the first maybe 20 days you get shit but after you get through all of your shit, like you get some like good stuff. And regarding the waiter pad thing, uh, Martin does that actually. He uses he the just, waiter pads. Yeah, I think he's got like a really tiny, teeny little moleskin instead. But it's the same concept. He just literally always has a tiny little pen and this small notebook in his back pocket wherever he goes. I, I use my phone for that purpose, but I also have a shower notes pad. It's like this waterproof notepad. What? I in my that. shower. Yeah. So I get all my ideas while I'm in the shower. You know, it's weird. I get fewer ideas than I think most people do in the shower, mm. but occasionally I do. And maybe, maybe I you're showering wrong. You know what I think it is? Mm. <laughs> like part of me is 
has like this conspiracy theory in my head. It's like, oh, ever since I put that shower pad there, my brain knows that I can just write something down. So it's too lazy to have ideas. <laughs> Maybe it sabotaged me, but Maybe you're using the wrong handy. shampoo. I could be using the wrong shampoo. Um, I don't know. I just bought the shampoo they told me to get at the haircutting place. <laughs> Look, so, you you were mentioning works. like coming up with a plan, and um, yeah. I'm actually I'm glad you had brought that up because uh, the third episode of this month, um, we are going and and like it's kind of weird because it's money May, but I didn't want to like lead like guns blazing like this is what you have to do during the month, so I guess you could carry it out in like uh, June, but we're gonna kind of spell out like ideas of what you could do every day um, to like make like serious progress in your finances. And they're all like really small, easily achievable things. And you know, if you've done some of them, you could skip the days, uh, but just kind of like to get oh. some like progress happening. Hmm. Are we going to have like a 30 day challenge? I would like love every to. day is like a thing you can do. Like yeah. today call Comcast and say, I hate you. Give me a, give me, a lower monthly bill, or I will shit a chicken. And they're like, please don't do that. Dude, Thomas, Think of the poultry, sir. Do you know how many people have emailed us when we're like, uh, hey, like your interest rate's like, I don't know, 30% in your credit card, which is like the dickest thing ever. Just call them up and ask for a lower rate. You know, it's like a crazy, like people, it's like crazy. Like, what do you mean ask them to lower the rate? Like, that, that's stupid. We, I've, we've gotten so many emails of people who literally have done exactly that and like reduced their timeline of like getting in debt from like 10 years, to like three years from one phone call calling some person who is really just going to say yes no matter what because they're not empowered to say no or like mm -hmm. give a shit. Um... It's, it's, yeah, it's just those little things. Yeah. I think it's, it's good to just become the kind of person who asks that kind of stuff. Ask for stuff. Sometimes it's not going to work out, but like, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no. And then they're, then, then they're going to say, and actually I think that you're a horrible human being for that. And I wish that you would just cease to exist. You no, know, they're just going to say no. And they'll probably be like, eh, that's reasonable to, to want, but we just can't do it. And then they won't really think any worse of you. <laughs> My mom asks for everything. And really? so say, say you're at a restaurant. Or no, say like, okay, I'll give you an example. My sister's having her wedding and we're going to some place. And there's like rooms reserved in the hotel. And uh, Laura, Laura's parents are coming as well. But it took them a little bit to get like off of work and know that they were coming. And like the official time that the discount on the rooms closed by the time they oh, booked the room. Yeah. And... and my mom was like, did you get the discount on the room? They're like, no. And she's like, oh, okay. I'm going to get you the discount on the room. And so <laughs> I, I actually don't know the result. But if I know my mom, she called them up and doesn't she doesn't take no for an answer. It's like, you will give us the discount on the rooms or you will fucking give us the discount on the rooms right now. <laughs> and and it were, it's ridiculous. She always gets what she wants and it works. And I think like if you take this approach of of just, it's not like, you know, punching me in the face and getting it. But if you ask and you make sure that they know that you deserve it or like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, you got to give them a reason for it. Like, I mean, if you're going to call your credit card company up, then you tell them like, Hey, I've been a customer with you guys for two years. I always pay my bills on time and I would like to have a lower interest rate, hmm. you know, because the cost, 
like from their perspective, the cost of acquiring a new customer is far higher than the cost of retaining a current customer, especially if you're the kind of person who's paying down a balance, they're making money off of you. Yeah. And you know, it's a lot more profitable for them to lower your interest rate a little bit than it is for you to go, um, like take a loan out from lending club, pay off your balance right now. And sure you pay you off your pay... principal, but now they make no money and all your money is going to lending club. They know that. But dude, so, even if you pay no you interest, <laughs> if you pay no interest, they still make money off you. Cause there's a transaction fee that the, the merchant pays yeah. every time you swipe your card. So if you're like a millionaire and you never pay any interest, they're probably making as much, if not more off of you swiping your card a billion times than someone who's like 5,000 in debt. You know, so like they, they want to be with you regardless, you know, if you're going to if you're not going to pay. Of, speaking of a, like the hidden side of things where like credit card companies make money. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm reading the big short right now and I, I want to look into this more. But there's a passage in the book and I don't think it's really super relevant to the Wall Street financial meltdown or anything. But mm-hmm. it was talking about how there was like some president of some big bank speaking at a conference and somebody raised their hand and asked, why don't you guys have free checking accounts for your customers? And he's like, it was really weird because in the book it says like he, he says, are you guys, you guys don't have your tape recorders on, right? The reason that we don't do free checking is that it's a tax on poor people in the form of overdraft fees. Because like non free checking accounts, apparently I guess don't have overdraft fees. Whereas like, Free checking usually comes with huge overdraft fees, like 40 bucks, oh. 30 bucks. If you go below zero or something, you try to take out too much money with your debit card on one transaction. And I thought back and I was like, shit, they're right. Because I remember I had people like friends in high school, friends in college who were constantly getting hit with overdrafts because I was an idiot. Their- I got hit all the time. So, and it's not like, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to call them idiots because a lot of these people, like they just have so little in their account that sometimes they like literally have to overdraft. When I was young and uninitiated, yeah. I same thing happened to me. Like you, you don't check your balance every day. Yeah. You know, you want to go to an yeah, ATM so and you have $15 in your account and you need to withdraw 20. You're not getting anything. And just trying to withdraw the 20 costs you 35. Like it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's no good. That's a, <laughs> that's a ticket you don't want to be hit with. But yeah, I, I just found that interesting. Anyway, so I, I feel like kind of a process is coalescing here. Mm. And you said we're going to talk more in uh, week three about the actual plan that you can create and go through, and we're going to give some challenges. But honestly, like, listen to that episode. But I think that if like if you have something you really want, you're smart enough to break it down, figure out where you are, come up with the steps to achieve it and start doing it. And it's really just like, like, I guess that's the overall message here. And it's a weird message for me because I usually don't like do the kind of like, just go do it motherfucker kind of episodes. Like I'm a very analytical person who's more into like the how to's than the just go do's. But really that's what it is. Um, there needs to be a time when you get up off your ass and do it. I don't want you to spend so much time just soaking up knowledge because I've done a lot of that. Mm. And there's probably aspects of my life where I'm still doing that, such as cooking. (laughs) <laughs> I'm constantly looking at new recipes, like looking up how I could be healthier on a daily basis. And then of course I just stick to my routines and cook the same little shit. So that's going to be one of the next, uh, things to tackle. 
but right now, you know, just moving, I'm, I'm going off of that momentum and just totally ramping my morning routines and habits. And it's very, very rewarding to do it. So if you get anything from this episode, uh, I, I think it should be that one, like to make meaningful progress, uh, is, is not difficult. Like anyone can do it and you could literally come from nothing. You could be a dig ditcher and then you could make a top tier developer salary if you're willing to put in the time and challenge yourself. And, and we want to encourage you to do both. Um, and, you know, we're here, like, email us. We're here to support you. We love writing essays back to in response to the essays you send us. Um, yeah. We have a ton of episodes. So if you ask us a question, we may just send you a link. Like, go listen there or whatever. But start. And we'll, we'll, we're going to show you a framework. Uh, and, and, and week two is an awesome episode that we actually already recorded. Um, which I think is like the beginning of getting some of the wheels in motion in your life. Uh, but start to think like what you want. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you can narrow it down to one thing you need to do first, like you don't have to do this, but if you want to do it, like tweet us what you're going to do. Yeah. And then like in week three, we'll just read some of them off. That would be awesome. Actually, Create a little bit of public accountability there. Yeah. And uh, I have no idea if we're going to get flooded with a zillion responses or get literally nobody to do that. But I don't know, man. Public accountability motivates me. It really does. So um, if if enough people do it, perhaps we'll, we'll create a little group out of it. Actually, you know what? I want to hmm. revise that. Tell me. I have started to find that public accountability motivates me less than accountability to a specific person who's counting on me because like your girlfriend or your parents, or yeah, girlfriend or parents, or if I have a deadline with somebody I'm working with or like, um, like if a video is sponsored, it's got a mm -hmm. deadline. I'm getting that fucking video done. It yeah. has a deadline or like Andrew, you're like, Hey, I need you to do an ad for Monday. I'm like, all right, I'll do that. And you know, the moment I say I'll do it, it's like, fuck, he's counting on me. I'm going to do it. There's no way I can finagle my way out of it. Whereas with public accountability, I've started to realize that it can be motivating. Don't get me wrong, but because no you're not targeting, nobody has your feet to the fire. Yeah. Like nobody is going to kick your ass if you don't do it. They might be disappointed, but like public accountability is almost like anonymous accountability. Like maybe you're sensitive to the embarrassment or whatever, but like, when it's just public, people are pretty like instantly ready to forgive you if you make an excuse like, oh, sorry, guys, my computer broke or something. Blah, blah, blah. It's not going to get out this week. But it's like if you go stand on your roof and yell, yeah. I'm going to get out of debt. And then someone from like down the street yells, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. Like it doesn't matter. They don't care. But if you told your parents, then maybe next week they're like, how's it going? Did yeah. Make any progress? Yeah, I think it needs to be it needs to be somebody who will either hold your feet to the fire, keep you accountability or accountable, and ask you about your progress, or somebody who has a vested interest in it themselves. Mm. Which is why I think it's very easy to motivate yourself to get stuff done on a deadline. If you're working for somebody or working with somebody, like you know they have a stake in it, you don't want to let them down. I think like the desire to not let somebody down is very powerful. At least it is for me. Same. 
I so, feel like I live my whole life in like fear of like failing people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I've been thinking about how to build more of that into my business. Maybe have somebody who's like the editor who I need to deliver my stuff to. So I can't like just say, oh, I'm not going to get it done this week. Oh, well, because the public won't care that much. I, 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 there's not like some overriding like takeaway from this. Like, well, you're going to just follow these three hacks or steps and you'll achieve, I don't know, flight or like, <laughs> I, I, can we do that episode? Cause I want to achieve flight. I, yeah. I mean, I've been trying to fly for a while. Look at the end of the day, uh, it now is time. Now's the time, right? You've been making excuses. It's, it's like, um, I really want to go on a diet and get in shape, but Chipotle, I really just want a burrito and you know, we're going to do it together. Uh, we're going to pull the bandaid off slowly and then like the other half really fast. And, uh, we're just gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna get started. <laughs> cool. So if it's something you want to do, you can email us, listen, money matters at gmail.com, or you can tweet us the very next thing you're going to do. You've identified, uh, we are at money matters, man on Twitter. I'm not exactly sure why we're that, but <laughs> I'm guessing listen, money matters doesn't, doesn't fit or something. Yeah. I think money matters was taken. Uh, ah, and I was just, yeah. money matters, man. <laughs> yeah. You can tweet us. You can email us. You can get involved in our community. Actually, listen, money slash community. We've got a bunch of people in there. In fact, I think there could be some good like progress threads going on in there. If people want to track their progress and get some feedback from other people going through the same thing or some people who have already gone through the same thing can offer some advice. The community is a place for that. So definitely check that out and uh, yeah, just get started. Um, If you identify your goals and you happen to need a tool to help you do it, whether it's a budgeting tool or something to help you invest or automate your finances, we've got some good recommendations over at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So definitely give that a try. We also have books that we recommend over there. Uh, So if you want something a little more structured to read through, we've got tons of recommendations. And I think that's it. You're so good at that. (laughs) Weaving in the pitches. Like when you you finish that, I just want to like hug you. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of practice. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you got something useful out of this and we will see you in the next episode of Money May, uh, which is going to be awesome. It was a fantastic conversation. We've yeah. already recorded it and we loved it and you're going to love it too. So there's a lot of sex in there. There is, <laughs> there's a lot, yeah, lots of sex, um, <laughs> but family friendly at yes. the same time somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see you in that episode until then. Um, stay cute because... Why not? <laughs> I will, and you're making me blush. <laughs> Later, man. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show. 